She said that the definition of happiness was giving the world what you want the most yourself. And so Parsley is that for me. It's like giving people calm and healing and the sense of health as transformation that I discovered for myself way back when I was in my early 20s. Welcome back. You are listening to Let It Out with me. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. And this week, we have a new episode, obviously. And I think you're going to like it. It's a shorter one, and I've been getting feedback that some people really like the long episodes. Some people want shorter ones. Some people like both. I like both. But, you know, if you're a person who likes a shorter episode, this one's going to scratch the that itch for you. I talked to Dr. Robin Burzen. She is the founder and CEO of Parsley Health, which you will hear about at length in this episode and her story since this is a storytelling podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I talk to fascinating people about who they are and I just have a organic conversation. Sometimes they're topical, sometimes they're more storytelling. This week's a little bit of both. We talk about the founding of Parsley Health and Dr. Robin's personal story and how she came to do the work she does now and what her life is like now as a mom and a CEO and a doctor. It's fascinating. We talk about insurance and the medical system, thyroid health, hormonal health, working mothers, acid reflux and GI tract issues. So we kind of get granular with some specific things as a medical professional, her answering those questions, and then also about her life on a broader level and what Parsley Health is and what it's like to make a huge company as a woman and a working mom in the world. She's great. I think you'll like this conversation. We did record it at their office. So Hopefully you won't hear too much background noise, but there might be a little bit. And that's something that brings me to a point I wanted to say about last week's episode with Kat. If you haven't listened to it yet, give it a listen for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded in a while. We talk about millennials and the good, the bad, the ugly with that. We talk about being who you authentically are in the world, everything from how you wear your hair to how you exist in this society that we live in. And above all, I did something new with the editing of the show and the sound quality and the microphones I was using. And I got so much lovely feedback from you guys listening on Instagram telling me that you appreciated the sound quality, the upgrade, and all the upgrades I've been making over the last few months of new music, new editing. It's taking some time to implement, and this episode is kind of reverts back to my old setup when I wasn't using all the things I've been using. So you might hear that we've reverted, but we haven't. We'll be back with a good setup coming up but this is more of our smaller scale version. And honestly, most of you probably won't even know the difference. I'm not that technical savvy to even really know the difference unless I was doing this as often as I'm doing it. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you for the nice messages. If you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, send it to a friend, post it on Instagram. It makes me so happy. I'm at Katie Dalebow. Also, you know, check out Parsley Health on Instagram after you listen to this episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. I have so many things to tell you. Maybe I'll tell you one right now. Well, okay. Let me, I usually, I've been recording these just off the cuff like I'm doing right now, but in the last couple of weeks, I've decided to be more on top of it and write something out and actually not fully out, but bullet points. So I don't meander like I'm doing right now, but well, we have a short episode this week, so I guess it's okay that I'm meandering. Anyway, I'm going to keep this quick. The point is I have so many things coming up. Last 
week, I mentioned that I was leaving my full-time job and I gave them a lot of notice. I gave them three months notice. So this has been brewing for a while. However, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, Friday of this week is my last day working, which is crazy. I've been there for six years. Six years is a long time. So I'm very excited about that. And then I am flying to Denver to do a special project, which I'm so excited to tell you about. I'm I'm being kind of cagey about it because, yeah, I'll just tell you later. It's going to be great, though. I think you guys are really going to love it. And it has to do with the concept of my book. I'll give you that note. And if you're new to the podcast, I wrote a book about journaling, also called Let It Out. It came out in 2016. So I'm getting kind of back into talking about journaling, and this project in Denver is around that as well. More to come there. And I'll just leave you with one cool announcement. I have some events coming up and some things happening in the fall, but the big thing I want to tell you about is I'm doing a New Year's Eve retreat at Kripalu. Yeah, it's going to be about writing and remixing your resolutions and goal setting a new way. And I love Kripalu. If you've never been, it's in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. I went for the first time a couple of years ago and wanted to move in. I like looked up how, I, I think I probably Googled, how can I live at Kripalu? <laughs> and I looked up working there. I just wanted to be there all the time. And I couldn't think of a better place to ring in the new year with you guys, with my friends and at Kripalu. So I would love to have as many of you guys come as possible. The link will be in the show notes. So much new stuff coming with me and my work and creatively. And I can't wait to share that with all of you. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast and supporting the sponsors and joining the listener group on Facebook. It's a great way for us all to have community and chat with each other. I love that space so much. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you at the end and throughout. I love this company, Organifi. I even had the founder, Drew, who's from Michigan, just like me, on the podcast a while ago. They make the highest quality products. What I love about Organifi is that they take something as healthy as a green juice and they make it simple and easy and cost effective. It's actually around two to three dollars per juice, which is way less than if you were buying a fresh, squeezed, superfood green juice on the streets in New York City. Let me tell you, they use 11 superfoods blended into 100% organic powders that you can take with you on the go so you have your vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and the whole gang with you on the road. It's very helpful. What I love most, I really like those products, but what I love equally is their probiotics. I take them every single day. They've been amazing for my digestion. They contain 10 potent strains of probiotics. They're easy to take in this capsule. It's honestly, it's been the best one that I've ever used. And trust me, I've used all of them. Check them out. I really like them. And it helps to support the podcast if you let them know that I sent you. And I have a discount code for you. So go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. So it's Organifi with an I.com. And use the code let it out at checkout. That's organifi.com and use the code let it out at checkout, which gives you 20% off your order. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that I get to talk about things and brands that I genuinely love and would want to talk to you guys about anyway, and they help to make this podcast possible. And that's the case with Four Sigmatic. As many of you guys know, I've been using their products since 2013 and I'm friends with Taro, the founder, who has done the podcast a while back, long before they were a sponsor. And I really just genuinely love their products. And I want to give you a discount code, which is 15% off just by using the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E at checkout. So what does Four Sigmatic do? Well, they are a company that makes it really easy to use 
mushrooms. Mushrooms have so many nutritional benefits and their products take these mushrooms and they make these easy to make mushroom beverages that have this wide variety of superfoods. So think reishi and well, what are the other ones? Reishi and chaga, you know, the whole gang. But they make mushroom coffees and exilers and matchas and I really like their mushroom chai. Amanda mixes it into her oatmeal in the morning. I mix it into my coconut yogurt. I love it. I think it's really great. I also love their hot cacao mix. I have one of those almost every evening. And lately I've been having them iced, which is really fun too. Just a suggestion. I think you guys are awesome. And I think that you will think that Four Sigmatic is awesome. Check them out. Use the code Katie at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E. Go to foursigmatic.com slash Katie and use the code Katie at checkout. Oh, and they have a Mushroom Academy if you want to learn more about the mushrooms and what they do. And check out my episode with Tara. We'll link to that in the show notes so you can hear more about who he is and who the company is. Congrats on all your success and the success of Parsley. It's all so exciting. I've been following you ever since. And Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a wild year. <laughs> I'm excited to hear how it all came to be. So what were you like as a kid? Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? I think my first thing I ever wanted to be was a marine biologist. And I also think I had a rock star phase, which clearly has not been. I guess I'm closer you're to a marine wellness, biologist. You're like a wellness <laughs> rock star for sure. <laughs> Maybe. I think I literally meant like singing and like being in a rock band. That did not happen. I have no no abilities relevant to that whatsoever. But I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I'm an only child. Me too. Um, oh no way! Really? Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Michigan. Oh nice. Yeah, the best. Nice. <laughs> yep. Grew up in Baltimore. My dad's a doctor. I never thought I'd be a doctor, but here I am. So it's yeah. <laughs> So when did you decide that you wanted to study medicine and what was that? Was your dad excited? He was supportive. I think he was excited, but my parents have always tried to not, you know, like overly pressure me. So I think he did was very conscious of not wanting to be like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank goodness. You know? Uh, But it wasn't until after college. So I wasn't pre-med in college at all. And it's really a path I found Looking back to college, I had some interests and that I can think of that kind of spawned this whole journey. But in terms of actually becoming a doctor, that started after school. And, you know, I think my parents were honestly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. What did you study in undergrad? I was an international relations major and I minored in economics, English, and French. Okay. So many things. So many things. (laughs) But none of them having to do with medicine. Probably all really great skills to have now with what you're doing. I don't know. I mean, I guess so. You know, I find like a liberal arts education is such a grab bag. You just kind of like do it and hope for the best on the other side. Where did you go to school? I went to UPenn in Philly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Which was great. So then after college, you decided to be a doctor in that you went to medical school here in New York, right? Yes. I went to Columbia here in New York. Yeah. Okay. So what were those first few years living in New York like, being in medical school? What was that like? Yeah. Well, my first job after college, I was actually a paralegal at the U.S. Attorney's Office, and I was, like, prosecuting securities fraud. And sometimes you'd be super busy, but other times, I mean, I wasn't prosecuting. I was, like, a paralegal helping out. But sometimes you'd be really busy, and other times you'd be, like, wildly bored and have nothing to do. It was sort of, like, up and down with the cases that would go through. And I just remember, like, wandering around Tribeca and Fidei at the time, my first job, and thinking... I'm really glad that somebody prosecutes securities fraud, but I don't think it needs to be me. And I ended up finding yoga at the time and just kind of as a way to pass the time when I wasn't busy. And also, you know, I sort of found myself in a yoga studio downtown and it ended up kind of turning on a bunch of light bulbs for me and also helping me tap into, I think like an earlier discovery in college, which is my interest in health and wellness And so I think of those early years of New York as like super unhealthy, ironically, like living on like balance bars and like really gross coffee cart coffee with a million creams and fake sugars Mm -hmm. and going through this transformation of discovering yoga and tapping into this interest that I kind of remembered from college and deciding that I wanted my path to be in health. So it was all worth it. I always tell people that if you have a job that you hate, 
that can be a good thing because everything you hate about it should be the thing that helps you determine what it is you love and what you actually want to do. Cool. So you're in New York, you're working, you're going to medical school. Then after you graduated, what kind of medicine did you practice? And what was kind of your first few years as a doctor like? Yeah. So I went to med school at Columbia and then I went to Mount Sinai Hospital and trained in internal medicine. But the whole time I was in med school, I knew I wanted to do something different. I actually went to medical school because I was interested in population health, primary care, prevention. I was interested in integrative medicine. And I had spent the year right before I started school being the producer for Dr. Oz for his radio show and working for Oprah for that year before he had a TV show. So I had this experience to like health, I guess, health media, I guess is what you would call it. And knew that I wanted to do something different. I ended up co-founding a tech startup during med school and that I was working on just into my residency training. And so that kind of spawned like a couple years where I was kind of one foot in health tech and one foot in clinical practice, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I left residency and then was consulting in health tech, but also working for a top integrative and functional medicine practice here in New York City. And essentially, I think I was looking for a way to blend the two things. And the idea came to me for Parsley Health. Yeah. So, so yeah. tell everyone what Parsley is and what were the first, how many years have, has it been around? Oh my gosh. Well, we, we launched this like pilot clinic in 2015. And then in 2016 is when we kind of formed the company and took venture funding and all of that fancy stuff. So It's been like two and a half years of the company, but it's been like three and a half of being on this journey. How did the idea come to come to you? And can you explain to everyone listening what Parsley is and how it's different from another practice? Yeah. So Parsley Health is modern primary care. And what that means is we integrate nutrition, wellness, and prevention, along with really cutting edge technology and testing into your regular primary care experience. So I kind of discovered this world of something called functional medicine, which is all about looking at the root cause of problems instead of just banding them with a drug. You know, you're not lying awake at night and not sleeping because you have an ambient deficiency. So figuring out why you're not sleeping, that's kind of a straight up example, but we've all been there. And that really applies to the 70% of diseases today, which are chronic and lifestyle driven. It's a type of medicine where we prescribe a nutrition protocol alongside of a drug. So it's not throwing away the best of conventional medicine, which is what we do too at Parsley, but it's taking that, but also taking this wider lens on it. And then I was practicing this kind of medicine and I knew some of the top doctors in that space. And I saw that the work that they were doing, that this kind of medicine was amazing and that the outcomes were incredible. And it just felt like this is what medicine should be. Everyone should have a doctor who spends an hour with you. Everyone should have a doctor who prescribes a nutrition protocol if that's the best thing for you instead of just spending 10 minutes and giving you a medication. Everyone should have a doctor who has cutting edge testing on tap, like genetics and the microbiome and things like that. And yet we really don't have that as accessible to us in medicine. And yet I looked around and this kind of medicine sort of existed, but it wasn't high tech. It was really expensive, like thousand dollars an hour for a doctor like this. And it was inaccessible to most people. And I had a tech background again, a little bit from my other startup. And so I said, what if we offered this medicine, but in a way that could reach everyone? And what if it included all of your primary care alongside of all this other stuff? And what if it was focused on data and tracking and all these modern practices that had revolutionized like every other field, but hadn't yet come to healthcare? So the idea for Parsley was really bringing the best of these two worlds together and starting a $150 a month membership model that would include all your doctor's visits, no copay, include all your health coach visits, no extra fees, include unlimited messaging online. So I hated the fact that in medicine, you couldn't just like write your doctor an email and ask them a question. You had to like call and talk to a front desk and then wait on hold and then figure out an appointment like 16 months from now. And you're just like, I just need to ask you if like the reason I have this headache is like my new birth control or whatever. And so we just included all of that in this annual membership fee at 150 bucks a month, plus access to all this crazy cool testing. Plus we built like a technology platform around it. 
And it just felt like that was the way to go. It felt like that was where medicine was going. It's where medicine had to go if we were going to make changes in the world. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I just did it. Like I just started the first pilot clinic with no outside funding. And we had customers day one and that's how we got it off the ground. So cool. So I want to go back to your time with Dr. Oz and Oprah. What did you learn from from that experience and working in medical media? And Mm -hmm. how has that helped you with Parsley? Yeah, it was a great experience. And, you know, it was so strange because at the time, like, I, I cold emailed him. I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he was on Oprah. I just knew that he was running these really, like, interesting integrative medicine studies out of the surgery department at Columbia. And I wanted a job and it was like in the year before I went to med school. So I had this like year to kill while I was applying and he ended up writing me back and then calling me and I talked to him and he was like, I have these books and I'm on Oprah. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? Honestly, that's what I thought. I like looked him up on the internet and was like, is he like a joke? And then literally he's like Harvard, Penn, Columbia. Like, okay. I was like, all right, legitimately not a joke. But what the hell is he talking about? And he was starting the first ever radio show. Oprah at that time started a radio network on satellite radio and they were going to do the show in medicine. And so I worked for Harpo and that company and it was an awesome experience. And what was so interesting about it was that they were, you know, this is like before social media. If anyone can remember a time, this is like an 05. No time before social media and like blogs were new. And so it was just the beginning of this era that like was just bringing all this content to everyone. And so this idea, the idea that they had was awesome. It was like, how do we make medical and health information fun and entertaining and interesting and actionable and accessible and not scary. And so I think those principles really stuck with me and I was so impressed with all of it. And Dr. Oz is an amazing, brilliant person and Oprah, who I did get to meet is amazing. And I just was so, I think, inspired and also impressed, like, like impressed as in like impressionable impressed, but like it left an impression on me, I guess that there was a way to make health and medicine something that was truly interesting and part of your everyday life. Yeah. And so that has been a big part of Parsley. Yeah. So how does insurance fit into the med, the model of Parsley? Yeah. So people do use their insurance in the following way. They can use FSA and HSA dollars. Sometimes people have those kind of tax-free dollars through their job. They can submit our fees to out-of-network and get out-of-network reimbursement. And I've seen people get up to 70% off, but really depends on your plan. Everybody's, as we know, the health insurance world is crazy and complicated and everyone has a different plan. Very flawed. Very flawed. We don't directly bill insurance. And the reason for that is so that we can remain independent. You know, we work for you, not your insurance company. So your insurance company would pay us essentially they pay primary care doctors peanuts. They pay them so little that the only way for them to survive is to see 40 patients a day, 15 minute visits twice a year or once a year. The average person spends 15 to 19 minutes a year with their primary care doctor, which is ridiculous because most of the problems that we have are solvable at the primary care level. But instead what happens, you end up on a million medications, you go to a zillion specialists. We spend as a society and individually way more money than if we were willing to like frankly, just to be real with you, like pony up a little bit more at the primary care level and actually invest in our health at that point. And so we are outside of insurance because insurance would at this point, you know, only pay for us to spend 15 minutes with you. And our first visit is 75 minutes and our second visit is an hour. We don't even have a 15 minute visit. Because what can you get done in 15 minutes? Nothing. You like literally can just, I actually have a slide in one of the presentations I give that's like this merry-go-round with the merry-go-round of healthcare, which is like you spend 15 minutes, you get your vital signs done. You talk about one complaint. I have headaches. You get one thing out there. They're like, Oh, you have headaches. Here's a medication for your headaches. And then they're like, bye. It's not working. It's not working. And we deserve better. We deserve better as a society. We deserve better individually. And so we are outside of insurance today and that may change in, in the future, but for the time being, it's really so that we can actually design and create a service for you and around you, yeah. you know? And it's great too, because with 
so many more people becoming freelancers or entrepreneurs or the insurance system just being so complicated and leaving people out and who knows what's happening with healthcare on a broader level in this mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. It's so great that there's an option like this. Yeah. And, you know, you still need health insurance. We don't replace insurance because we're not an insurance company. So, like, if you get hit by a bus or, right. you know, you have a baby, you right. need your health insurance. Also, if, you know, we prescribe a drug, we do prescribe drugs. If we prescribe you an antibiotic for your sinus infection, your insurance will cover that. If we order you blood tests, your insurance covers that. So it's not that we're totally, you don't use your insurance with Parsley, but again, for so many people, like you said, who are freelancers, who are on high deductible plans, who are even just have insurance, but are like, God, I don't get anything for this. This money goes into like a black hole every year. We are filling in that gap and bridging that gap yeah. in medicine. So what is your broad vision for Parsley and the company? I'm sure you have so many things. About Parsley it. everywhere! Yeah. <laughs> what can you talk about? Do you see this going outside of New York and being in all over the country? Yeah. So we're in New York, LA, and San Francisco so far. And a lot of people actually come see us in person for that first visit, which has to be in person. Your first visit with your doctor at Parsley Health is in person. 75 minutes, a real deep dive in everything about you. And then after that, it can be virtual. So we have people who've actually flown from around the country to see us in person, which is super interesting, and then continue their care virtually. We have patients in Arkansas and Florida and Arizona. I mean, all sorts of places, Um, other countries at this point. Most of our patients are local to our three practices, though. And we replace our primary care doctor if they're local to us. And I absolutely see that continuing and and spreading across the country. We're also building out some interesting virtual services. That means that anybody anywhere can work with us. And that's a little bit further in the future. But right now we're just focusing on delivering amazing, holistic and functional primary care. You also have supplements and Mm -hmm. protein. Yeah, we have a line of supplements and amazing. If you haven't tried it, try the Rebuild guys out there. It's a vegan protein powder that has a full multivitamin in it. So it kind of gets everything. It's like, it's like two in one shampoo, Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's really, it's also tastes good. So many of them don't, and it's super low in sugar and really high in protein and it's anti-inflammatory and it's been optimized in all these ways. And it's just, we, we don't have a lot of supplements. We have a few, but we try to have everything that we carry, whether it's, Parsley brand or another brand is the best of the best. So that means it's only available through doctors and it is really high quality and made by a really high quality company because there's just a lot of crap out there. Yeah. 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 I am so sold. I'm signing up for my <laughs> session and nice. getting the protein powder. I am like, I am in. Amazing. I want to talk a bit. We I asked the secret Facebook group their questions for you, and we have a couple of health cool. questions I want to go through. But first, what conditions do you constantly see with your patients and clients, and in parsley? And for the most part, if you had to think of in like the last twelve months or so, yeah, there's some definitely big buckets. We do a lot of hormone stuff. So whether it's thyroid, female hormones infertility, PCOS, PMS, menopause. We do low testosterone. We do a lot of adrenal health. Like the hormone bucket is a big, big one. We do a lot of gut health. So IBS, Crohn's, colitis, reflux, all the GI stuff, which is something like, I think it's 40%. Don't quote. Well, I'm about to be, I'm quoting myself right now, but let me verify this fact. But it's a, if it's not 40%, it's a really significant number of visits every year that primary care doctors are at large are for GI stuff. A lot of people deal with a lot of GI stuff and they just kind of live with it and they don't realize that it's indicative of a bigger problem. So we do a lot of that. We do a lot of autoimmune, autoimmune and inflammatories on the rise massively, especially among women. So we see a lot of autoimmune disorders. We see a ton of mental health stuff. So, you know, we don't replace your psychiatrist, but fatigue, anxiety, depression, people who want to get off of medications, there are a lot of folks out there for whom really their diet and their lifestyle has massive implications for their mental health. And so if you need a psychiatrist or a psychiatric medication, that's awesome. And we'll support that. But we also find that we're able to help people out a lot in just kind of rebalancing because mind body are connected. Yeah. 
Well, we got a lot of questions on different Uh-oh. different things and a lot of them you mentioned. So maybe you could give like your top, it's so individualized, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but maybe like your top tip for each of these and I'll walk you through them. So tons of questions on thyroid health, everything from hypo to hyper to Hashimoto's. Is there any kind of general tips for thyroid health? Yeah, absolutely. So a regular doctor will tell you they're not related, but that's not true. Nutrition and thyroid go together. So a lot of people have food allergies or food sensitivities, things like gluten, soy, even sugar can create a lot of stress on the thyroid. And so when we find is that we help people clean up their diets, their thyroid health often gets better. Sometimes even Hashimoto's antibodies go away. Not always, but sometimes they do. We also see that nutrient support can really help the thyroid. So the thyroid needs things like iron and vitamin D and zinc and selenium and magnesium. It needs all these awesome things and iodine, of course, to function well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are not only eating an inflammatory diet, they're eating a diet that's not supporting them nutritionally. And so they can have hypothyroidism. So we see it all the time. One in eight women in her lifetime will be diagnosed with a thyroid condition of some kind. Hypo is much more, much more common than hyper, but we see both here and we've had a lot of success with both. And we're also able to help put the thyroid in context. So sometimes it's really important to look at all the hormones, not just the thyroid hormone and how understand how they're interplaying together. Yeah. I I wonder, do you guys ever, so I was eating super clean, um, I guess, super clean, all the things, taking all the iodine, all the things. And my doctor put me on a bioidentical T3 hormone. Is Mm -hmm. that something that you guys ever do? Yeah, we do. So we prescribe things like armor thyroid, nature thyroid, which are essentially animal-derived thyroid hormones. Um, We can also have those made and compounded for you. You know, it's funny. Some people do really well on those and other people do great on the synthetic stuff. And we try to pick the best things for the right person, yeah. you know, to kind of play around. Yeah. We're not anti-medication. It's just picking the right medication at the right time for the right person. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Okay. Another big topic. Yeah. So many questions on fertility, periods, area, <laughs> mothers to be, prenatal, all of the things. Can we yeah. talk about all of so many things at once, but maybe just like female reproductive health and fertility? Yeah. I mean, we see so much of that here and, you know, I think we've been done a disservice as women because we're, you know, you see the GYN once a year until you're pregnant and then suddenly you have an OB in your life. But before that, it's like, you know, pap smear breast exam, 10 minutes by, you know, and our bodies are more complicated than that. We have stuff going on. And I see a lot of women who are prescribed the birth control pill, which you know, is a great tool, but isn't, it just covers things up. It doesn't actually fix your problem. And so a lot of women that have these underlying problems that go unresolved for a really long time. And then sometimes the pill in and of itself can cause its own problems on top of that. So we really try to take a truly 360 view of you. And we know that what you're eating can affect your hormones, your stress level, your gut microbiome, your genetics, and how you process estrogens. And we have about 90% of our members improve or totally resolve PMS. And we have early data showing that we're helping women avoid IVF. It's amazing because we have women and their stories on our blog, by the way, we have an amazing story of one of my patients who had had a history of thyroid cancer. So she'd had her thyroid removed and was on thyroid replacement was under optimized on that. And she also had PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome. So she had really a regular period And her doctor was just like, you're going to have to have IVF. Like you're never going to get pregnant on your own, basically. Like don't even try. And we worked with her for about a year and optimized her health in all these ways. So she was feeling great. And she's now pregnant with baby two since being a parsley member. She already got baby one out and got pregnant again naturally. And, you know, again, IVF is a great tool. And we're so lucky that we have these modern tools that are amazing for some people. But we also have a world in which... No one's looking under the hood and asking what's going on with your hormones and why are they like this before they just say, take the pill or go get an IVF consultation. And so Parsley's really filling that gap for people. So a lot of women actually come here in their 20s and 30s when they're looking to, maybe they're not even ready to get pregnant yet, but they're just like, you know what? Like I want to optimize my health and I want to fix all these things before I get pregnant. And 
I want to check my heavy metal levels and see if I should detox. Like there is so much that you can do before you're even ready to get pregnant that I highly recommend women do just to prepare their bodies. Yeah. Not to mention like the cost of IVF. Yeah. How much you can save with taking care of your health now for emergency room visits. Exactly. All the things. Exactly. So you had a baby somewhat recently. How old is he? He's almost a year and a half. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So how did becoming a mother change you and change your relationship to work and your life and your health? Gosh, you know, I think it, for me, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of totally honest with you. I had a lot of fear around becoming a mom. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to run my company, that I would like suddenly not be who I was. And I just projected a lot. Like, I think we all do, but like you have this, huge life milestone that seems massive and you can't possibly imagine until it happens. You just project all this like crazy stuff, Um, which is like all the time, but I was definitely doing that. And so I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. And I think the biggest revelation for me was that it's not like I was this person and then I became this other person. It's like, I am this person and now I'm that person plus this other person. So it's, it's an expansion of yourself and what you're capable of and who you are. And it's an addition to your life. It's not a subtraction. Mm-hmm. And that was not like, I was like, well, I'm going to have to, it's like, I looked at it as like this kind of tit for tat, like I'll either have this or this, or I'll have to give up this or that. And your life does for sure change from a lifestyle perspective. But my husband and I have had this mantra that we set, we decided on when, when I was pregnant, that was open life, insert baby. Mm-hmm. And Within reason, of course, because you have to have babysitters and childcare and you can't just, you know, jump on a plane to Marfa, Texas, like at a moment's notice, all of a sudden <laughs> that happened. We were invited and we couldn't go. We were like, oh, we're parents now. But if you take that approach and you're really thoughtful and you set an intention around it and you try to live that way, I think then your default becomes a little bit different. And so we've really continued our lives and in opened our lives and inserted baby and he's been along for the ride and it's been awesome. I love that. That makes it sound so easy and great. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, but it is great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think for so many people listening, including myself, tend to get overly obsessed with wellness and health and in a counterproductive way that stresses them out. Can, Can you talk a bit about areas maybe to focus on and and anxiety and burnout being such a, you mentioned something you see all the time and really prevalent in Mm -hmm. this generation of people getting so overly controlling about health and wellness. What are ways to focus on the good things, but not take away from pleasure and connection and living your life? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, wellness is a gateway to transformation. It's not an end in and of itself. And so when I think of the most powerful transformation that I had in my life, it was through yoga and that, and that led to nutrition. And then I started eating differently and then my energy changed and my relationships changed and my outlook changed. And then my passion became clear to me. And then I, my job changed. And then like everything has flowed from, from this moment of waking up and taking care of my body in a different way. And, but that wasn't it. Right. And so I just think that in today's world, if you think about the life that you want to live, you want to nourish yourself and take care of yourself so that you can grow as a person so that you can give to your community and create a legacy and have impact on the people around you. And so I think sometimes in the wellness world, we like lose perspective a little bit. It becomes about like this new supplement or cryotherapy or biohacking or we're now we're raw now we're vegan now we're keto now we're paleo you know and and those things start to create their own little vortex where it's an an engine in of itself and our whole message with parsley is that you're here not just to get well you're here to change your life Mm -hmm. because through the process of being a member here and having a doctor and a health coach and this community you gain a knowledge base you gain a new relationship with yourself and your body. You are empowered to manage your health in a new way. And then from there, think of all that you can do with that in your life, but don't get just stuck at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's something to enhance your life, not become your life. Exactly. 
Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One more health question and then we'll do the quick fair questions about, about you. But somebody asked about acid reflux, which I think is definitely connected with GI problems. And mm-hmm. we kind of skated over that one. So what are your kind of overarching, it's so difficult because every case I know is so different, but what are some of your maybe tips for gut health and specifically acid reflux? Yeah. So reflux is interesting because a lot of people are taking acid blockers over the counter or via prescription that are making the problem worse. I just didn't really know what it is. Yeah. So acid reflux is, it's funny. It's when the, the, I'm trying to use like a non-medical word. The medical word is a sphincter, which is like a really weird word, Um, but it's a muscle. Okay. A sphincter is a muscle that closes off the opening between your esophagus and your stomach. And stress, for instance, is one thing that can weaken or loosen, even if temporarily, that muscle. And then some of the stomach acid, which you need, stomach acid is normal. Stomach acid is not a problem. We've like vilified stomach acid as this thing that we want to go away. But the stomach acid is the problem. The problem is why is the stomach acid able to come up? Mm-hmm. And there's a few reasons for that. It can be stress is a big one. So I swear to God, like eight times out of 10, someone comes here. And because we spend all this time with you, we ask the question, well, when did the reflux start? And they'll say, oh, I was like crazy at my job or I was drinking a ton of alcohol. Like there are usually these inciting factors that, that are the root cause of the reflux. So first we have to get rid of those, right? If you're eating or drinking things that have triggered you, we also want to look deeper and say, did this happen in a point of stress? How do we address the stress? There's also people who take medication. So antibiotic use can actually disrupt the good and bad bacteria in the small intestine and lead to something called overgrowth of small intestinal bacteria. And that in and of itself can dysregulate that muscle I told you about and cause the reflux. So it's all about where did it come from? When did it happen? We really, personally, we create something called your timeline and we look at your story and we work backwards from there and then figure out what is driving this. And then for a lot of people, the acid blocking drugs make things worse because if you don't have stomach acid, you can't digest protein and you can't kill off some of the bacteria in the gut that are meant to be killed off. So then you get that bacterial overgrowth from the acid blocking drugs. So often what we try to do is kind of clean up everything, get people on a healthy GI healthy diet, test for that bacterial overgrowth to see if it's there. Sometimes we have to edit that with some antibiotics or some herbs, depends. Both actually Johns Hopkins research show work equally well. And then once we sort of sort all that out, we wean people off of the drugs and oftentimes they don't have it anymore. We have amazing success with getting people off of those medications. Yeah, that's great. Good. I hope that helps. <laughs> I know it's a very wonky topic, but yeah. it's, it affects millions and millions yeah, of people. I mean, I you are not alone if you have acid Yeah, reflux. for sure. For sure. I'm happy to learn about it. Okay. So these are kind of some quick fire questions about you. So what are your morning and evening routines? Maybe the first three things you do when you wake up in the morning, the last few things you do before bed and how yeah. they affect the rest of your day. Morning, wake up at 6.30. I immediately down a glass of water, get up, get dressed in dog walking clothes and head out the door and walk the dogs. I usually make an espresso, double espresso at home, or I'll get one on the road with the dogs. And your dogs' names? Marley and Wallace. Yeah. We have this new dog park near my house and has a view of the water and it's awesome. Mm. And my morning has actually been, I feel like even though it's the same dog walk that I was doing before, my morning has been transformed by the presence yeah. of this like pretty dog park that I go to every morning. And like, I can see the Statue of Liberty. Oh, that's it. amazing. It's amazing. It's in Brooklyn. So I walk the dogs, have the coffee. The walking of the dogs is kind of my meditation. Like when the dogs are running around the park or if I'm just walking with them is when I kind of do a walking meditation mm-hmm. and I try to set my energy for the day. And I also just, my brain... I don't drink a lot of coffee, but that double espresso in the morning, if I don't have it, like we're, we're over. Mm-hmm. I come back. Usually by then my son's waking up. I'm getting him out of bed. Uh, and then we have playtime and book time for a little while in the morning. Cause usually after that I'm running off to work. So it's my time with him. And then I'm having one of Parsley's rebuild protein smoothies. Uh, that's my kind of kickstart my day breakfast. And then in the evening, you know, it's always changing. It depends on the night that's my reality. Like I wish I had like a set routine. I think the big things are that I do try to get in bed. My dream scenario is 10 o'clock. It's usually 10 30. Sometimes 11. And I am 
trying to do, and this doesn't always happen, but it doesn't mean I don't still keep trying to do a 20 minute meditation before bed, because I find that it just helps me wind down from the day and kind of close up shop and sleep better. And so I do that. I usually take two magnesium glycinate, which are really helpful for having deeper sleep without feeling groggy. And I'm one of those people that always washes her face and brushes her teeth. I'm not like a fall into bed with her clothes on kind of gal. I can't do it. Yeah. No matter how tired I am. Yeah. It could be a plane, like whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, What's your favorite part of your life right now? I mean, I have to answer two because one is my son. I mean, he is just like a ball of joy. He's so happy. He's just so thrilled. This morning, my husband played the guitar for a couple minutes and he starts dancing immediately. Like he's just this happy, delightful. Sometimes, you know, kids can be wildly annoying. He has a screaming moments too, but just overall this delightful, excited for the world little person. And that is amazing. And then the other one is, it's just parsley. Like as you know, you walked in here today and I'm like, Oh my God, like million calls. I'm late. Ah. And so it is stressful. I would not be lying if I, I said it weren't, but I also get to put into the world what I believe in, in this vision that I have, and I'm getting to realize it. It's funny. Like I watched this Eve Ensler, the founder of the vagina monologues, mm-hmm. Ted talk literally 10 years ago. This is an extremely old talk people, but I think it's probably still on the internet. And she said that the definition of happiness was giving the world what you want the most yourself. Mm-hmm. And so parsley is that for me. It's like giving people calm and healing and the sense of health is transformation that I discovered for myself way back when I was in my early 20s. Oh, I love that. I want to watch that talk. It's so good. It's so good. I watch it every year. (laughs) What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Oh, gosh. I think, I mean my memory for what I've eaten in a given day is so poor. So like, I literally can't remember what I ate yesterday, but I honestly, for breakfast, one of my favorite things to have is this omelet sandwich from this little like coffee shop in Williamsburg. That's a sage omelet on toasted gluten-free bread with this aioli and hot sauce. Oh yeah. And so I got it today on my way to work and I had it like around 11 for like an early lunch and it was so good. And It was so good. What's your greatest lesson on technology, social media, how to disconnect and also be connected in the world that we live in and being a public person like you are? How do you handle all of that? Social media is a recreational drug. So I think you just have to see it like that. You wouldn't hopefully do drugs all the time or your life would fall apart. So if you do social media all the time, your life will fall apart too. That's so good. That's what I think. I, I just a good that you articulated that so well. <laughs> Yeah. So I think you have to have limits on it. And I think, you know, it's a powerful, amazing tool that we can all share our lives and share our message and connect with all these people. But the research has shown our iPhones deplete gray matter in our brain. The iPhones are addictive. The social media likes create a dopamine response in the brain, which is what cocaine does. So it's, it's addictive. And so if you don't set limits on it, I think it can really take over. And I'm very apprehensive I guess about my child growing up in a world with it because I grew up in the 80s so we didn't have this stuff and that makes me sound like so old we didn't have this when I was a kid but this is we are running the largest uncontrolled experiment on society en masse ever run and we have no idea what this what this means for us I was just reading about did you see this about these social media influencers who aren't real people, they're like fake computer generated people and they have millions of followers and they're made by these companies and they have names and accounts and everything, but they're like avatars. They're fake. They're AI. They're not even AI. They're just, they're just computer generated people. They have millions of followers and brands pay the companies that own them lots of money to advertise through them, basically like a regular influencer And you think about like companies could own these people and really mess with us in a really, it's really scary. I think it's really, we're entering very uncharted territory with this stuff. Yeah. How do you personally, or like, I guess you're a long time away from that with your son, but do you set limitations or have any routines when it comes to your phone, social media? Yeah. I mean, 
I don't look at it all day because at work I'm just too busy and I don't have time to look at anything. So I just try to time box it. I'm a big fan of this concept of time boxing things. Like allow yourself to do things, but set a timer, set a time in your calendar, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. And then with him, like we don't, he's never even seen TV except for on a plane, like, and because the screen is right in front of them and you can't hide it from them. But we try to keep at all completely out of his view they say until two it's like really critical but i don't buy that i can't imagine that before the age of 10 that it's healthy totally. to have a kid staring at a screen all the time yeah. i just can't yeah. you know i mean i'm 28 and i don't think it's great <laughs> <laughs> right you're like it's messing with my brain now yeah. i can't imagine being a little kid totally, totally. yeah what's your greatest lesson on family i think that it's everything And your friends might be the family you choose. So I use the term family broadly, but if all your successes were to be erased or at the end of the day, you're not going to remember how many extra hours you spent working or even how, you know, this is so trite, but how many extra dollars you had in the bank account, which doesn't mean that you stop striving for those things, Mm -hmm. but that you understand that the people who have made so much money that like making more money is irrelevant to them. For the most part, I think what you see is that they put relationships above everything and not all that's not universal, but I think the goal is that you, you live that now. And you also live, you know, for me, like I have a pretty strong spiritual practice and creating, I wouldn't just create any company like this, this company has an important spiritual purpose to create healing in the world. And so that to me is essential to do that with my time, but then also to remember that like the people I'm living this journey with, whether they're my coworkers or my employees or my friends or my family, like that's kind of all it's going to come down to at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of mentioned this, but greatest lesson on entrepreneurship, productivity, all that. Greatest lesson on entrepreneurship is just do it, get it out there. You have to have a really strong passion for it and a really strong conviction. Otherwise, just the day-to-day, you know, you wake up to 99 fires every single day in a startup. Like there's just no day that's peachy and everything's perfect. Like, or you're doing something wrong, I think, because you're not growing quickly enough or you're not (laughs) making any progress because progress means hurdles uh, when you're starting something new. But I think, so you need to have passion in order to have the resilience to stick with that. Beyond that though, I think if you wait till you think it's perfect, you'll never do it. So you just got to put it out there. Mm-hmm. I think you said something at that panel that I was on with you and that I led of you and Phoebe, where I think this was you and it stuck with me because it was so good. You said entrepreneurship is being okay with going to sleep and not having everything done. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's just what life is. Like I'm never going to have my email perfectly in box zero and just being okay with that, I guess is. Yeah. I have currently 500 unread emails in my parsing inbox and about 200 in my personal. And every month or two, I just like clean them out and then start over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So don't email me. (laughs) Um, Greatest lesson on romantic relationships. I think on romantic relationships, I think the work is on you. Like you have to heal yourself and be okay with yourself before you can have that work in a romantic relationship. And I don't think that means perfection. I do see people who sort of say, well, I'm still not perfect. I'm still not madly in love with myself. Therefore I can't be in a partnership. And like, no, that's not true. I mean, I think our relationships are a work in progress. They're dynamic. I've been married for over five years now and our relationships keeps going through phases, you know, it goes through different times and sometimes are more challenging and sometimes are totally blissful. And I think you just have to be solid in knowing that like you're okay and they're okay. And you just have to like keep going and getting through it and, and learning and growing for each other and start and keep striving for greatness. Right. Like if you set out your company and you were like, I'm totally fine with wild mediocrity (laughs) your company wouldn't get there very good anywhere very quickly. But if you, a lot of people, I think that do that in their romantic relationships, they kind of set the bar as just like, well, it exists. Therefore that's enough. And I think the same way a company is evolving every day, your relationship has to as well. Yeah. Well said. Okay. You mentioned a spiritual practice. So what is your greatest lesson on God, spirituality, what happens when we die, all of that? (laughs) 
have no idea what happens when we die, but I do believe in a universal connection. I believe that we are all, I mean, we are energy. This is proven in physics. This isn't theory. And we are all energetically connected. And so for me, it's been an exercise in having a spiritual practice that allows me to tie into my higher self all the time to be able to listen to the energetic forces that aren't, you know, tangible like this phone or this computer, but are very much there that your body is hyper aware of and that you're responding to at all times and to channel those into change, into evolution in yourself. But I think the hardest part isn't even channeling them, it's listening to them because we live in a world that's very much about visual and the here and now and needs and I think and appetites and competition. And we live in a false society where people believe that it's a zero sum game and that there's not infinite abundance, but there is. Mm -hmm. And so if you can energetically start listening to the forces that are there in yourself, you start hearing stuff and then you start realizing that you have answers that you didn't think you had. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. Second to last question. As you know, the name of this podcast is let it out. So (laughs) this is really just a question to let you recommend things. So I usually frame it this way. You're trapped on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one book, movie, TV show, podcast, and food or person, or if there's any other things you want to recommend, but things you've been loving right now or all-time favorites. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm trapped on a desert island. The book I would bring would definitely be The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle because otherwise I don't know what you're going to do. That one would be a keeper. In terms of movies and TV shows, you know, it, I don't know. Are they, can they be TV shows that are continuing to be made? Yeah. Um, you know, I think. Yeah. Anything. This is really just a way to recommend. Yeah. The things that, that I'm like, how stringent are we on these rules? No, no, no. I mean, the, kind of the TV yeah. show, the, the fiction show that I loved, and I, I'll, I'm really bad for this question because I never watched television, like literally never, never, never. But the show that my husband and I got really into last year was Halt and Catch Fire, this AMC show about like the dawn of the internet industry and tech industry in Texas and then Silicon Valley in the eighties. And it's like an awesome four season drama. I love it. I can't believe it's over. I like cried when it ended, when we watched all of it. So Halt and Catch Fire would be my like drama. And then plus this little RIP, but Anthony Bourdain and Mm -hmm. all of his shows and no reservations, like just to be transported into all these different places. That would definitely be that in terms of foods. Damn, I mean, who wouldn't say this, but it's just got to be the mighty avocado. Like, what else are you going to live on for the rest of your life? That's got to be it. (laughs) And they're so good. And they're so good. What about music, podcasts, anything else you want to recommend? You know, I've been really jamming on a couple pod. We've been listening to audiobooks more lately, but podcast-wise, I mean, I love how I built this. And we also spent a long time listening to cooking issues, this like weird nerd show about like molecular gastronomy and cooking that's out of Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, And then a friend of mine just started this new podcast that's awesome called Committed, which is all about these incredible stories of relationships and marriages around the world. Cool. Um, But she wrote a book called How to Be Married. And then... She ha- I think it's called Committed, this podcast. Cool. It's pretty cool. I'm yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Like I said, it's called Let It Out. Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked you that you never get to talk about? Any weird things about you you want to share? Let out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you went deep. You got in there with all the like crazy questions about everything. No, I think this is great. I mean, I loved meeting you a year ago and I'm so stoked to be on this podcast and grateful and I'm so stoked to have your book and I just think the work that you're doing is really important. So thank you for being a storyteller and for sharing all of our stories. Thank you so much. So we always end with something sort of weird, but I think you'll be into it. Okay. So we let out a deep breath together. So okay. uh, we'll inhale and then we'll let it out. Okay. okay. So inhale. <sighs> feels good, right? It feels always great. feels a little better. It always feels great. Yeah. <laughs> we forget to do it. Thank you so much. This is great. Well, that's it. That's all I've got this week for you. That was my episode with Parsley Health founder and CEO, Dr. Robin Burzen. Give her a follow on Instagram. She's got a very cute baby and she's a delight. I really enjoyed her and I I know that you did too. 
I would like to tell you a couple things, just that I love you. Check out maybe coming to Kripalu for, I was going to say Thanksgiving, but not Thanksgiving, New Year's. What are you doing for New Year's? You know, it's such an interesting holiday. It's, I think there's a lot of pressure, you know, to have your when Harry met Sally kiss moment. Maybe we'll be kissing, but I think you should come to Kripalu. We'll eat Ayurvedic food. We'll have some self-care. We'll get really clear on our goals and intentions for the new year. I don't know. Come if you want. You might already have plans. If you do, that's cool. But bring your friends. Bring your boyfriend. Bring your girlfriend. Bring your husband. Bring your wife. Bring your baby. Yeah, why not? All right. I think you guys are the best. Check out the sponsors if you haven't already. If you're still listening right now, you might as well share it with a friend, you know? I'm just rambling at this point. And maybe ask them to come to Kerbalu with you. <laughs> I have so long to talk about this Kerbalu thing, but I was just excited and wanted to tell you today. It's so many months away. Okay, I'm going to go because I have a flight to catch, but I will talk to you guys next week with a brand new episode. Oh, I'll tell you who the guest is. It's Tasha Blank. She's a DJ. She's very cool. You'll hear all about the episode next week, but I'll, I'll just tell you this. I had to record this one twice. I don't mean two files. I mean, I went upstate to Hudson, recorded this with her in her adorable apartment, then lost the file, and we had to record it again in New York City at the wing a couple of weeks later. So next week, you have a conversation that's so good, I practiced it one time. We did a rehearsal, okay? So get excited for that. Make sure you're subscribed on your iTelephone. That helps a lot and it's just helpful because then you'll, you know, you'll know when new episodes are coming. They come out every Wednesday, but you know, when we go on breaks and it's just, it's good to do that. Love you. Leave a review if you haven't. That would be very cool. And I'll talk to you on Instagram. The emoji for this week's episode, comment this on my Instagram, which is at Katie Dalebow and at Parsley and at Dr. Robin. It's the egg and I don't just mean like the egg on its own. I, maybe there's emoji like that. It's the cracked egg in the pot or in the pan. And the reasoning behind that is because she talks about this egg sandwich that she had had that morning, which sounds very good. Okay, so that's why we're using that emoji. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. This episode is supported by Four Sigmatic. I use their products basically every day. I always have them in my bag. I'm always giving them to friends because they've really helped me in my life. They make mushroom products. So these aren't button mushrooms or shiitake mushrooms, although I love those too. These are superfood mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, reishi, and they do different things. There's some that make you calmer, some that add energy. And I've actually had the founder of this company, Taro, on my podcast a couple months ago, and I've actually known him for years. What's cool about Four Sigmatic is they make these delicious elixirs. There's a matcha one, there's a coffee one, there's a hot cacao that's maybe my favorite. There's a hot cacao that even has some cayenne in it. It's a little bit spicy. I love that one. And they have a chai that's maybe my favorite. Amanda loves putting the chaga elixir blended warm with some coconut milk. I like having mine with macadamia nut milk. I even put them in my yogurt. You guys, I love all their products so much. I really, really do. I'm not just saying that. And I honestly think that you guys will too. If you haven't tried them yet, this is the week to try them. You can get 15% off your order by going to foursigmatic.com slash Katie and make sure you use the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E at checkout. That lets them know that I sent you. Also, it will give you your 15% off discount. Their chai, if you like chai, it's my favorite. It doesn't have all of the sugar and sweetness that some of the chais that I've had before have and it's nice to have one that I don't get the sugar crash or the sugar headache with but tastes amazing and has some extra superfoods in it as well so check it out check out all of their products they also have a mushroom academy on their blog that you can go in and actually learn about the science behind these mushrooms 
So if you want to learn more, check that out or check out my episode with Tarot. Today's episode is brought to you in part by a brand that I've been using and loving, and I honestly think you guys will too. It's called Organifi, and they make just a few products, but the products they make, they do really well. And the founder, Drew, is also from Michigan. We've also become friends since he did the podcast. And you know what? I really love these products. He makes green juice powders that are really easy to take on the go. They contain 11 superfoods blended into this 100% organic powder that actually tastes really good and has so many vitamins and minerals and antioxidants in it. It's helped me to knock on wood, not get sick, and help me feel really great. They also have a gold powder, which is like a turmeric product I've been having with some macadamia nut milk in the evening. I love their red powder, maybe best. I mix that one into my yogurt. I really enjoy their products, but my favorite is their probiotic. It has been amazing for my personal digestive health. It contains 10 potent strains of probiotics, and it's an an easy-to-take capsule, and I've taken a lot of probiotics, you guys, like a bunch of them. Name a probiotic. I've probably taken it, but this one is probably my favorite. I think you should check it out if you take probiotics. I think you'd like this one. So check out any of their products, Organifi, that's Organifi with an I, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the code Let It Out to receive 20% off your order. That's 20% off. And use the code Let It Out. Thank you, Organifi.